When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the wrong side of 30. I'm your host, Brandon. I'm also joined by Mr. Billy Bill Bill. Bill Bill. Yes, Mr. Billy Bill 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 Bill. That is me. <laughs> Making a, her final appearance on the show <laughs> after being an hour late. Uh, Be sure to ping in. I'm sorry. My adult job is really busy right now, and it's getting in the way of my side jobs. I was telling Billy, working in a startup during a pandemic depression must be tough. It's exhausting, but this is my life now. I have a theory that... Uh, Keisha got so much shit for walking out for 30 minutes during the last episode (laughs) that she just decided it would be better to just show up 30 minutes late this time so she didn't actually have to walk out, but she still got to keep the time on her calendar. That's true. I actually inhaled like a a cheeseburger that that Quincy made me before I got on on the air so I didn't have to walk out in the middle of it and eat dinner. So he's he's doing a trial right now, right? Like Uh on YouTube? On, so they like they live stream the trial on Zoom, but it's like kind of interesting. I I had it on because I like I was like I gotta support him, and then after a while I started listening to the stuff that's happening in the trial, and I'm like, well that guy's stupid. That's a stupid argument. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I invested in this? I don't even know what's going on. But yeah, it was kind of weird because they had to. That's the only way they can do trials now. They can't actually go into a courtroom. So. Yeah, I saw a criminal trial on mm. Zoom, and because uh, I don't think what's his fake name again, Quincy Liverpool. Uh, he doesn't do criminal law. He does no, environmental no. law, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I saw a criminal trial, and it, the strangest part was just seeing the jurors as like you know they're just. Oh, I forgot about in, the like, jury. In like the big Zoom collage of all That's the people, right. it's like juror number five, juror number six. That's right. They can't. Are they all just muted so they can't say anything? (laughs) They're just muted, but it's just like you don't know what they're looking at. Because if that was me, there's no possible way I'm not going to be like on Reddit or Twitter. Or watching like 90 Day Fiance in the background. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It would be funny though if they like Uh, asked you to speak and then you turned, you went from unmute and like Waterloo by ABBA was playing in the background. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're the defendant, you're like sitting at home in a Zoom call. And these other eight or, you know, 12 motherfuckers came back and said you're guilty. What are just are just like bailiff is just going to show up at your house and take (laughs) you away. It's just so weird. It's so weird because it's such a serious, serious matter. So are they waiting outside? And also, technically, if if you if they don't, I guess they would have a warrant because like if you're outside of their house and you have to arrest them. They can like a lot of people get out on bail, so they're not in uh, prison while they're on trial. And I think if you're convicted, I don't. I don't think they take you right there, actually. I think that's yeah, just... Yeah, they you'll, do, because remember, rep- if you're guilty, then the guy comes in and they take you in the back. Ah, that's how they do it on TV, though. I don't think they have the room immediately. I think a lot of times 
they have to schedule you for prison oh, because so they have to figure the, out when they're going to have room. So it's so dramatic to do that in the movie is like have to separate them from their families and children are crying. How do you sequester a jury during all of this? <laughs> I, I don't think you can. Think right. Just at home. You're like kids running around in the background. Yeah, exactly. If you are a listener. Oh, get little Jimmy out of here. I'm sending somebody to the chair. It's just so, it's so weird. It's yeah. so weird. If you're a listener and you're in the judicial system, if you set up a cameo, I will pay your cameo to explain how all of this works. Just uh, <laughs> send us your cameo ID and uh, you'll get a nice $20 check. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see the 25th hour with Edward Norton? I think that's what the movie's about. Like he's convicted of a crime and they give you your start date. They're like, you got a month and then on this date, you got to report for your 10 year sentence. It's so oh. weird. So you have... A few weeks of freedom. So it's not immediate. I, for some reason, I was like, you better got your, got your bags ready to go. Pack all your good stuff because you could go to jail. It's always immediate in law and order. Yeah. But I'm, I believe and I, God, there's probably a 50-50 chance I'm wrong here. Most of the time you're scheduled for prison, but I don't know. I'm sure there's like a holding facility before they take you to your final destination, we'll call it. Like a green room, but for prison? I don't know if you called it that to someone who's been there that they would not take offense but yeah you're it's probably like a green room for prison sure whatever oh man uh quiche how you been i haven't seen you in a while the, the bulldog has been like so i found out that he's very food motivated yeah it's a fucking bulldog i'm like same <laughs> also <laughs> but he like does this thing he he's really into like frozen green beans and so every time i go to the freezer he just sits in front of the door thinking that it's like green bean time and I've been having a hard time like treat like tra uh, training him to like pee on the pad and everything and go to the crate. But now I just have to carry like a bunch of frozen green beans with me and he'll do whatever I want. And so like I'll go to crate, he'll lay down, he'll sleep. He knows how to sit now because of it. But it's he's still like, like he like did your work. He's like I designed this <laughs> multimedia marketing presentation. Here's this PowerPoint. May I please have the green beans? I'd like my green beans, please. Um, and then he just yells at my other dogs, and they are all up in like higher ground because he can't jump yet. Well, I don't think he ever will because he's so fat. But Rossi and Mochi are just like on my bed. And he's just at the bottom of the bed yelling, like just barking at Rossi. And she's just like, I'll fucking kill you. I'll fucking kill you. And he's like, come get it, bitch. Like, that's what I imagine's <laughs> happening. And that's just going on for like hours during the day. So that's been like my day, my days for the last probably two weeks now since we've gotten him. So it's been crazy. The games they play, but I think it's all power play. It's just, it's not about like a family. It's just a pack. And they're always yeah. fighting for positioning. Right. Like, I, I think my Scotty is trying to bump me I can see and that. get ahead of me to get closer to the leader of the pack who he sees as my wife. I could see that. Like yeah. if when I come to bed later at night, like he'll move and like sit on my pillow so I have nowhere to go mm -hmm. just because he's like, this is my space now. I am the captain now. He'll look at me. He'll say those words like he's starting to poop in Rossi and Mochi's stuff. Like on their beds and their and like their crates and stuff. What a jerk! And he's just like, "Oops!" Like and then he walks out. Yeah, no puppies are too young to understand. God, they suck. But understand that it's like having a. I mean, they're gonna, people are going to hate me for saying this, but it is like kind of like having a child, except he sleeps like seven or eight times a day, which is really not that bad. Yeah, and if he hits his head, he's fine. He's, he's fine. Not, like, if you if you step on him, he's fine. 
I kind of so. resent that. I resent that for all the parents. For all the parents out there, I um, chastise Keisha on the record. No, no bullshit. Don't what? don't get mad at us because we don't have kids. Maybe you should have uh, wrapped it. You know? Oh yeah, because because most like, of them made a conscious like you decision not to wrapped it like you do. Stupid. Look, I I ain't got. I never got anybody pregnant that you know of. With that grammar, I'm glad you didn't get anyone <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> you ever grammar shame people? Is that a thing? Oh yeah, no you, grammar shame all the way. You've been doing that this whole uh, this whole season. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure you were listening, Keisha. You've been grammar shaming me. You've been math shaming me. I mean, anybody can math shame <laughs> you. It's, it's pretty pathetic. There you go. Look, if you guys want to do other podcasts, you can do other podcasts. No, we have no exclusivity. It's true. We have the gear, so. Well, I happen to know no, someone who excels at everything. David Pix- David Pixley and I have started a podcast. <laughs> What's your podcast about? Limitless skills. With, yeah, that's with actually Billy what we call and it. David. <laughs> so did I tell you, like, after I, I raised a stink about it, other people had started reporting her account for just spamming. So then it changed to she stopped supporting David Pixley and she started supporting it was like LPC yeah. contractors. <laughs> And I was like, wait a minute. So I Googled that name. Nothing came up. I go to the Texas website where you could search all registered corporations, LLCs, etc. Not there. Ha! Interesting. So then I see what other information is here. There's a phone number. So I just search that phone number in next door. Not exactly, you know, rocket science detective work. And all her other posts come up where she's promoting David Pixley. He didn't even change the goddamn phone number. Nope. Same phone number, just made up. Didn't even register this new company. Well, that takes a lot of time and money, though. Brandon, if you were the head of like your neighborhood association or HOA, you would be everyone's worst fucking nightmare. Seriously. You have no, that's so not true. much stalking time on your hands. No, they keep trying to get me to do it, and I say no because all you—it's you, like you don't want the power. No, you don't have power. You just have to tell people shit they don't want to hear. I don't want to be that guy. That's true. I mean, you do that already, so. Yeah, that's basically your personality defined. That's literally this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get on track. Okay, so topic for today is the idea and execution of marriage and weddings. I want to ask, go way back, way, 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 way back. What was your earliest understanding of marriage and how it relates to having kids and having sex? Well, as the Southern Baptist of the group, you <laughs> didn't do either of those things until you were married. That's true. Yeah. Actually, both my parents were divorced before they were married. So your first wedding was really to like fuck things up so that you were ready for your second marriage. And that's where things really stick. <laughs> That's when you really figured stuff out. Yeah, yep, that's that's exactly right. I think my first idea of marriage was in Disney movies. They that's never, what I remember. No one's ever married in Disney movies. Uh, except for like the Little Mermaid, the climax yes, at the a wedding. wedding, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where how it ended with like the big dress. Oh, I thought you meant because like someone's always dead. Like every yeah. movie start, every Disney movie starts with all right, what parent, what dead parent? Yeah. Is? Only only orphans get married by the Disney law. And, and to be <laughs> fair, I also agree, same thing with Billy. Like I thought that you couldn't have you couldn't have sex and that you couldn't have kids until you were married. The idea that like sex has to be good didn't even cross my mind. It was just like, 
don't even think about that until you find somebody that wants to marry you. And then everything else will just fall into place. I think I once asked my mom, how does God know you're married so he can, so you only can have a baby while you're married, right? Because like yeah. I had thought like, oh, only people who are married have kids, even though people might have sex beforehand. And that was probably the start of, you know, the whole process of asking questions about religion that no one has an answer to because it's mm -hmm. all made up. Right. You know, um, that was probably like the start that eventually, you know, led to me abandoning all aspects of religion. Wait, let me ask you this, though. How old? Well, I actually no. This is I don't know if you guys have an answer for this because guys don't fantasize about getting married and having kids and having a family the way women do. So growing up in like South Texas, I thought that I was going to be married at 24 with my first kid at 26 and then my second kid before I'm 30. And that was like the life that I thought and like ignore my career like that wasn't important. It was not as important as having getting married and then having two kids before I turned 30 years old. Yeah, no, I get that. I uh, I guess for me, I was always I always wanted to be married or married and divorced by 30 <laughs> because I felt like. As a guy, if you're not married by 30 or married and divorced. It's never going to happen. No, no, no. People are just going to be like. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, is, is not true right. at all. Right. Nobody needs to be married. No guy needs to be married by 30. Certainly no woman. Mm -mm. But, you know, like it's just it's part of the, it feels like the part of the, the programming and I don't know if it's social or religious. I just wonder if, like, obviously, as the white man in the group, white men have had way too much power for way too long. And, <laughs> I mean, if that were the case, you would think that, like, they would dictate that you should, you know, have, a, have sex with as many things as you want. Not people. Things. As you want, right? But, like... Some white dude somewhere in the past was like, no sex before marriage, and we're going to put mm -hmm. it in the Bible to make sure. And I think that guy probably had a micro penis. Maybe. Like, I think, like, he just Maybe. didn't want anybody to know. That he and he was, was like, well, everybody else is having sex, but I can't until I lock someone in. Yeah, I could see that. Let's, let's make that work first. But then the counter argument would be, then why do priests not have sex with anyone if the white male religious leaders were in charge of everything and then they suddenly are all that celibate. we know of. Very confusing. They, they might. We don't know. Yeah. Well, I think for like the longest time, like, I mean, marriage was just necessary. Like it was impossible to. Yeah. To you go could, through you, life without having a partner to split duties with. No, right. for for most of life, polygamy was necessary because you had to keep constantly reproducing with as many partners as possible to outlive disease and starvation and mm -hmm. animal attacks. So you, monogamy, you're saying monogamy is relatively recent in human history? I'm not sure that it's relatively recent, but I think that uh, if we're to believe that we evolved from other species it's highly likely that people were having sex with a lot of women and trying to and yeah and just justifying it just with other breed things. yeah you can still evolve as a species without having polygamy it's just some it just takes longer but i Look, mean i think human I, history is told over the courses of like you know tens of thousands of years 
I mean, we've all seen the Flintstones. We all know that cavemen, like the man would come in and club a woman and drag her into the cave and then the stork would fly out. That's that's basically how <laughs> societies science. were built. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah and Barbara told us as very young children that that's how relationships worked. Mm-hmm. And then we learned later that, in fact, that was a married couple and that's what's justified uh, all of the domestic abuse cases over the last 20 years. Is that wrong? The Am Flintstones? I wrong here? The Flintstones justified that? Is that what you're saying? Is that the well, correlation you're trying to make? I mean, you club a make? woman over the head and then you have a baby. That's what it, I'm yeah, connecting I mean, two I, dots. I, it's yeah, I like guess. The, but, but it's the not underwear always. underwear gnomes, it's like <laughs> step one, step two, question mark, step three, the three profit. profit. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No, I, I'm following you. I don't yeah, think it's I, it's all physical, though. I think that there's it's taken other iterations of like clubbing. A, like if, if it's like hitting a woman over the head to get her to like be with you. I think that comes metaphorically, in diff- of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think hitting a woman over the head. Right. But I think that comes in different forms now as like things have kind of modernized. So that's like I think that's what they used to call or what they call like love bombing now where like you're dating somebody and they just like overwhelm you with like gifts and going out and all this stuff so that you don't even realize how shitty of a person they are until you're too far in well, that love bombing? Like a, is that a phrase that yeah. sounds like a story that no love bombing is a real thing yeah yeah look it up look it up but yeah when i have think you've been love bombed oh i haven't i've never been love bombed but i've seen what other would people you call that cheeseburger you ate earlier <laughs> <laughs> oh that was a good cheeseburger um but yeah so i i, I think that with Growing up, I think that there was a lot of like role, like gender roles that I understood. And I think we talked about this in our like parents podcast, but like I thought that my dad having a career was priority over my mom having a career because her primary role was actually to just be a a wife and then a mom. Everything else was kind of like, if you have time, you can do that. Yeah. And I think that kind of illustrates, I guess, now, you know, how coupling is is still kind of necessary depending on what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like if you do want, if you do adopt kids, it's just going to be so much easier if you have another person to split the duties. Like I was thinking, like why isn't it, why don't like two dudes, let's say they're two heterosexual dudes, get married. You can buy a better house. You can, there's so much like more in life you could do when you combine your assets and when you combine your free time being able to split in handling someone else's issues like you're basically someone like yeah kind of like having somebody there always willing to like you know have like a reach around yeah but marriage the, the whole concept was built on um people's insecurity right like i don't want you dating anybody else than me i'm gonna lock you into this relationship two dudes don't need to do that they can just bro around no problem and also you know they get paid more than women, so they probably don't need all of the benefits. I'm saying like something like buying a house. It's yeah. so if you want to buy a house in a, a city, it's that's it's very, very hard to do as one person unless you you make really, really good money. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at, you know, people under 35 and if you're single, it's very difficult to buy a house especially a nice house and i think two sterile men would agree to get married for the house yeah assuming that they had their tubes tied or that their men didn't swim so you're talking about having like a 
not a domestic partnership, but essentially like a domestic par- partnership without yeah. without the sex and the emotion, like the the relationship part of it. Yeah, but it's like you know you share resources basically. So it's kind why of like, it's does- like a what's that a a tribe? Uh, You're looking for the word tribe. Yeah, I guess a small tribe. Or I was actually thinking of a what's that place people go to to work, a community work environment. Oh, like a workspace, like a like a workspace, yeah, like a, like a cult. <laughs> no. But I guess, like yeah, you're right. There should be a way that you can, like, take your roommate situation to the next level. Yeah. Like, you can upgrade that. Like, we combine our assets. We can go on trips together. We can go out looking for ladies. And we can, like, get this sweet-ass house. But that's actually wise, right? Like, what you just said, taking your roommates to the next level. No one wants that kind of commitment, which is why no one invests themselves into a 30-year mortgage with someone. So why do we choose to do that because we love someone is really... What, what, What makes us take the insanity plunge from just being roommates to, uh, to being investment partners... With yeah, a, like co-mixing with a finances mortgage. and all of that. Yeah. And that's where um, endorphins, dopamine, what are all of the weird hormonal imbalances caused by love that make you make really poor choices? Wine. True. Also plenty of wine. Mm-hmm. All right. How did like your understanding of like marriage evolve as you guys went through school? You know what I, f- I actually vividly remember was hearing the first time one of my friends' parents were getting a divorce. And that's when I realized that like marriage was like not untouchable, you know, like my parents raised me to believe that if you're married, then it's like this thing that's like always going to be there and you can't quit and you're dedicated to each other and all this stuff. And then you were like in fourth grade and you're like, someone said that their parents are breaking up. What does that mean? (laughs) And I was like, does that mean they get one parent? They lose the other. I didn't understand. And then my mom kind of had to explain like what divorce was and what it actually meant. And it was so confusing because it was like, wait, but you guys said you would like love each other forever. And then obviously you get older, you go to high school, you go to college, everyone's parents were getting divorced. And it's like, oh, that's the best thing they could have done. So when we were younger, I think it just seemed like a bigger deal to stay married forever. And then as you get older, you're kind of like, oh, this is the real world and things are going to fall apart. And that's fine. So I'm glad you brought that up. Looking at the idea of people splitting apart. When I was real young, I went to what is still one of the biggest weddings I've ever been to. It was a a relative. I won't say which one. And she was getting married and it was this huge, big shindig. They had rented out this like big multi-purpose arena. It was. Arena? Yeah, it was. It was. What? It was big. Because there was like so many people, there's like hundreds and hundreds of people, big live band, everyone had a great time. We all had to leave by 2 a.m. so they could set up for the U.S. Open. Jeez. (laughs) And then she, they split up three days later, three (gasps) days after the wedding, they split up. So I think like. It was a conspiracy for the wedding gifts? Maybe. Well, I think what happened is she realized she didn't want to marry him. I, they were, I think they were high school sweethearts. And her mom was like, you're doing this wedding. Your father's paid so much for it. You're going through with it. So we went through this whole big thing. And then like three and like my parents had to explain it to me like three days later. Like, yeah, sometimes people split apart. So it was weird. So even from a young age at a wedding, like the idea of like this is not a permanent thing really got kind of cemented in there. Billy, what are you, what are your earliest impressions of wedding ceremonies? Oh man, I'm just sitting here thinking that like 
or whoever it was was like in a locker room with Pete Sampras and telling the mother of the bride that she just didn't want to get married because she had fallen in love with Pete Sampras in the arena right before the US Open she's just like I don't know there's just so much out there and she's just like a little lustful eye maybe that's what happened I don't know yeah that'd be great maybe it's Andre Agassi I don't know I mean oh no she's much more of a Sampras she's a Sampras gal yeah (laughs) she likes she likes hair My first wedding was my sister's wedding, and my second wedding was my other sister's wedding. Uh, First sister got married after college. I was an usher. I think I was 12, maybe 13 years old, and I let people in, and then I sat in the back of the pews at the, you know, during the ceremony and listened to a Savage Garden CD on Discman. Nice. So that was the sanctity of marriage. And then, uh, and then I proceeded to Is watch that the, the one. Uh, the the guy left to sing for Rage Against the Machine. No, I don't think no. so. No, Savage Gardens, like a chicka cherry cola. Ooh, I want you. I don't. What am I thinking of? Like the Sound Garden, the Sa- same thing no. as Savage Garden. No, that's not. Di- that's the. That's so different. That you know what? Rest, rest in peace, Chris Cornell. That you know what? It's the same thing. I always get and sl- Chester. I always get Sling Blade, the movie, and Blade Runner confused. <laughs> What? They're nothing alike. <laughs> Neither are Savage Garden and Soundgarden. Oh. <sighs> Sorry, go ahead and finish your story. They sound alike. No, they, they, like, they not don't. sound like the names sound alike. Okay. They both have the word garden. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I also get it confused with Olive Garden. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Oh, I fucking need a music podcast. Anyways, um, so yeah, I'll produce a movie. Do you? I'll produce it. I don't need to be on it. I prefer not to be on it. <laughs> I'd prefer you not to be on it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, my uh, my sister got married, still happily married. Um, it was an Aggie wedding, which if you're not from Texas, doesn't make sense to you. If you are from Texas, you know to kind of gag in your mouth a little bit. They had a bonfire cake and did the weird Aggie cross-legged dance. Was, yeah, I was 12. I didn't know what was going on. It was, this was before the bonfire fell over? Yeah, right? it was actually okay. like two years before. It was very close in time frame. So yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, and then my second sister got forced into marriage because she wanted to move to New York with her boyfriend. I grew up in a religious family and my parents were not okay with them living together in New York without being married and they got divorced quickly afterwards because they got married at 22, which is the worst idea ever. It's so fucking dumb. Uh I grew up believing in the sanctity of marriage and that slowly decayed as I got into the high school school era. But the other thing that I thought about is I was raised by television, right? So- as Have you I. ever seen a sitcom with divorced parents? They're mm-hmm. always together. So yeah. I, yeah, you know, really, it's it's network television's fault that we <laughs> have this weird stigma on divorce. Well, but the thing is, though, it's because divorced people are happy, and you can't make a sitcom <laughs> with happy people. That's true. Oh, you yeah, need, you need conflict. You need conflict in a sitcom. So, what's the best conflict of unhappy people? And it's a marriage. That's brilliant. See, like, I don't buy the sanctity of marriage bullshit because for the longest time in this century, and I, I, I have no fucking clue what it was like before that. And I should say all the talk we did about what marriage was like thousands of years, we don't fucking know. Get over it. So, but at least in the last hundred years, people talk about the sanctity of marriage, but they're the same ones that basically force 
feed this bullshit where if you want to get laid or you want to move in together, you got to get married. And it's just to me, that doesn't feel very sanctimonious at all. Like if people want to get married, they should want to do it because they want to do it. Like the idea of marriage itself makes sense for them. Like when you're requiring it as a precursor to do other shit you want to do, that to me doesn't seem very sanctimonious at all. And I feel like, you know, that's when you run into problems with like, you know, higher divorce rates when people are getting married for the wrong reasons. That's tough because growing up, like I was told that you kind of have to save things for when you're married or else why would like some- your virginity? Not, not well, ideally from my parents perspective. Yes. But outside of that, but like other things about you and maybe you save butt stuff for marriage. <laughs> but other than that, but even like how you treat a person or what no. you like, how the stuff, the nice things you do for the other person. I grew up thinking that like, no. don't do that to every guy no. or else like they're not going to want to, they're not going to need to marry you because you're already doing everything for them. If, if that's what's going to bring somebody to marry you, then they're not, they're not marrying you for the right well, reasons. I, I it's know, not a healthy I marriage. know that, Brandon. I understand that. But what I'm saying is that's kind of the, that was. Take the position so we have something to argue that about. That was the programming I had growing up was it was like I, I had, I felt like I had to withhold certain things in a relationship or else like, it's like, oh, well, if you're not good enough, you're not going to see that part of me. But the problem is that part of me is like the nice side of me. The nipples. Oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> is the nice side of me. And then like, Billy, trust me, don't talk about her nipples. Preston is going to get super pissed. (laughs) But then. And be like, I haven't haven't seen her nipples yet. Oh, my God. You're going to have to cut all of that out. (laughs) Why can't I say that? No, you can't say that. But the thing is, is like now I realize that the majority of the guys that I had dated that probably we broke up for some reason or another that was a part of it because they were like oh well you're so mean and you're so stubborn and you're so like angry all the time and you expect so much from me and it's like me being like well maybe if you were nicer to me or we got married or we were engaged then I wouldn't be such a bitch to you but now I understand that logic does not work but that was definitely the way I thought for a long time and then I just realized that that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, you're really backing up my theory. You're backing up my theory that there's two, it's all, marriage is always inequitable. There's the greedy person who found themselves in a relationship with someone that's on a higher tier than they are. And so they're the ones who are pushing for marriage because they want to lock in that card. And then there's the other partner who's either disappointed or hurt enough to settle down. And right now you're telling me that you're disappointed <laughs> enough by no, previous no, 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 relationships no, no, no. to settle down. I realize that the pro- the approach that I was taking previously is may not have been the best approach. No, it's fucking stupid. I don't know why you ever thought it was a because good approach. You guys can say that because you all are. No, no, no. You all can say that because you guys are men. You don't know what it's like being a woman in a relationship where the expectation is very different. You guys can still make the call growing up. Like you were told that you were. Like able to show our nipples? I don't think I'm following. <laughs> you guys were told that you can make Paula the doesn't de- like, like my nipples. you can make the decisions that you're the alpha and all this other bullshit masculine shit. Women, on the other hand, were told to like you had to serve, like you had to be no. someone that you- yes. This is stupid. I am most definitely the beta in my marriage, and I've got zero problem <laughs> with that. I actually prefer to be the beta. It's a much simpler life. Oh, for sure. Look, let me ask you this. So. When did we go to the moon? What Apollo mission was it? 
11. 11. 11. It took 11 missions to get to the moon because every mission they would test just a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more until you fully committed. It wasn't like, oh, you want to go to the moon? You better do that on the first try. And that's what I think the argument is. I don't is. think that's right. <laughs> What do you mean? It's, if, yes, it's right. No, because there was like the whole Mercury space program before the <laughs> Apollo missions. And then I, there wasn't like Apollo 1 through 10. Like there was like, <laughs> I think it started. Yeah, like, there was Apollo 1 I, through. Uh, Apollo 10 was a full dress rehearsal where they took the lunar module down above the moon and they came back up. Apollo 9 was taking the lunar module out in space above Earth orbit. Apollo 8 was going to the moon without the lunar module at all because it wasn't ready. Like... You go through all the Apollo missions. Apollo 1 ended uh, in a, a fire. So I'll give you that one on like in on Earth. But there were like 40 other missions that were not that were Apollo missions. Yeah, or, never that, mind. My point is you're forgetting a whole lot of space but missions. All of the other There mi- are 11 missions and they were incrementally going forward. It's like saying, "Oh, you want to have sex and see if you're sexually comp- like, you know, you work together. You want to uh, live together oh you got to get married to do that it doesn't make sense it's backwards you need to work your way up no the point you should absolutely live together before you get married and you and need to Apollo watch mission, the right stuff my you Apollo need to watch example right works fine just watch the right stuff you'll learn that you've missed so much space history it's unbelievable no no i've i've watched i i know all about the mercury missions oh here we go here we go no, that, I, I, I know my space history. I know about the Gemini missions and I know about the Apollo missions. Keisha, I don't know how Paula stands him. I don't, she, I he's so abusive what? verbally. It's so, it's too much. I don't know how Paula stands me I either. I think the point that Billy was trying to make is that you are focusing on the Apollo missions, but there were other space missions that occurred that all contributed to a successful landing on the moon. Yeah, they were testing other space shit, though. What I'm saying is... But they all contributed to being able to be on the moon. I know, but Apollo was specifically... I hate you, Billy, for making me argue with him about space. (laughs) That was the point of Apollo, land on the moon. And they didn't say, all right, guys, we're going to just go to the moon on the first one. It took 11. It this took is, more than a. I don't even know what the point of this no, argument it was 11 is. Missions. This is like my fifth symphony. This is my masterpiece. <laughs> no, fine, whatever. I get what you're saying. I get you're saying that like you can't just jump in right off the bat. You got to test things. You got to yeah. Pl- like people even today, like oh, you can't get you can't live together until you're married. That's stupid. I know you think it's that's dumb. stupid, but honestly though, like I had a rule, which Brandon, you know about this rule. And this is the first time I broke this rule with was with Quincy and it was totally fine. But like before I, w- I had a rule that like I would not let I would not let or move in with a guy until we were engaged. And the reason for that rule is because there was one other time that I did let a guy move in with me and we dated for six years. And the whole like three years out of that six years was this like ridiculous mind fuck of a game that he played of like, oh, maybe I'll think about proposing to you. Maybe I'll think about getting married to you. And that was like such a fucked up thing to have to go through. And it's like you you have this idea that like, oh, you let him move in. You play house. You act like like you would be a good wife. And maybe that will convince him to propose to you. And that's so fucked up. And I was so like insecure at that point in my life. So I totally understand how that happened. But like now I'm like, okay, well, if I maybe if I have this like milestone to guarantee something, then it'll be less of a stressful thing. But again, any sort of like 
dedicated thing that has to happen before something else i found has not been a beneficial way of moving forward in a relationship (laughs) aren't you glad you moved in together and found out it wouldn't work before just getting married and because i don't think the the living together is what sabotaged the relationship no i remember my details correctly no 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 no. the living together was not what messed up that relationship but i think living together saved your ass yeah, because that was the only way that I would have found out. That's the point. Okay, but still, there were more than one, than more than eleven missions to get to the moon. There were other things that were happening. Sure. All I'm saying is, you can do everything but land on the moon. I thought you were gonna say butt Good stuff. Lord, you <laughs> are so fucking linear. It is absolutely hilarious to watch i've for those of you who don't have video because this is a podcast i've literally just been laughing at the chaos that i've created and brandon is just so fucking obsessively glued to his argument okay so my wife and i are married but the reason we got married when we did was because i realized i'm like you know paula's gonna go back to mexico and that'll be it so I downloaded Tinder and I was like, okay, what do you want to do? And so I kind of had almost like, I guess, a old school style choice to make. Whereas like my grandfather just wanted to get laid. So he got married. If without getting married, like I would start over and I'd have to decide, do I want to start over or do I want to commit to Paula? Mm -hmm. And that night I was at the mall buying a ring. So... I had a shit or get off the pot situation, right? Mm -hmm. But Billy, you did it. So why did you get married? What was the reason to enter into marriage? It was that whole thing about being greedy and marrying up that I mentioned moments ago. And (laughs) (laughs) you did marry up. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that my wife was straight up. (laughs) It's a beautiful thing. Marriage is like a covenant that you can create if you are manipulative enough. Like, in future society, Maggie is going to be, like, living on the city in the clouds. She would be in the space station. Sure. And then Billy would be on Earth. You are so fucking obsessed with space stations. Can't I just, can't I just have (laughs) my example? Yeah, go for it. Continue on. She would be in Cloud City, and you would be Mad Maxing it in the apocalypse on Earth, on the dirt. Yeah. But you married up. That's great. Yeah, it was a very obvious choice. I also love. How did you trick her? Uh, time. Like I, <laughs> like I said, uh, she got worn out by other um, greater men, and just wanted. <laughs> she wanted to be able to just, you know, put her high heels into somebody who would do things for her, and that was me. And I was willing to accept the duties. So she had the king size. She just wanted the the value pack. She needed a know. toady. And that's what I am. And then she realized she got so much more than an obedient servant. And But she's stuck with me now because of pride. I could see that. It's beautiful. I love marriage. It is the prison you choose. So I'll say that the thing that I, I like about oh, most whoa, whoa, about- Oh, wait. I forgot to ask this. What is shopping for a ring at a mall like? Because that is not the Maggie way. <laughs> um, I asked someone I trusted. Like, does lens crafters make a diamond? No, I mean, there's there's nice jewelry places in the mall. Uh, I went to Herzberg Diamonds. Hellsberg. Thank you. I, I texted somebody who I trusted, and she told me to go there, so I went there. 
And then I uh, figured out how much I wanted to spend. And I said, show me rings in this range. And then I picked out my favorite. Went to one place and came back with a ring that my wife is absolutely in love with. Nice. Very well done. fits her, fits us. Like... I don't understand going to like 12 different ring places. It's like they all have the same shit. But was it a big surprise for her that you did all of this very suddenly to some degree? There were a lot of surprises. Uh, It was a surprise trip. She didn't even know I was coming. Mm. I just showed up. So did she think you were broken up? Like what? So based on your story, it sounds like there was this juncture where it's like you had yeah. to take the plunge. How did you get there to the point? There was this idea of we don't know where things are going. And so you downloaded right. Tinder after that? Scrolled right a couple of times and was like, nope, Paul's as good as it gets. No, 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 no. I didn't log back into Tinder. I downloaded it to allow myself to understand these. This is the choice. Mm. And I went and I, I got the ring and... I bought a ticket to go to Monterey, Mexico, where her family is and where she was visiting mm-hmm. at the time for the next day. So I made the decision that I wanted to get married. And within a few hours, I had a ring. Uh, another hour, I had plane tickets. And two days later, I was on a plane going there. And I surprised her when we got there. So she was already kind of like, you know, off her game. But like, I think she kind of had an idea because she knows that I went to talk to her dad about something. Yeah. And so she kind of maybe had like a feeling for it, but like she thought it would happen that night. Mm. I thought it would too. But like the park we went to was a park that I had been to, I guess, before Christmas the previous year and it was super pretty, very lit up. Well, this was the middle of the summer. It was not lit up. It was not pretty. It was not a place you wanted to be at night. Yeah. So I like had to text her mom. I was like, abort, abort. (laughs) We are not proposing tonight. And so I just said, all right, we'll go to this place. It's called, I don't know, horse tail, but it sounds better in Spanish. And I'm like, I'll propose there. And her dad said, no, because it's not a good place. So I'm like, fine. We went to, I think it's called Chipique and it's just a mountain Mm -hmm. park. And so we're like walking along and I'm like, all right, I'll just go go off to the side and I'll propose easy peasy. But like those like pristine views that I feel like our parks are designed for, their parks aren't necessarily engineered for that, Mm -hmm. like the selfie area. Yeah. So we ended up walking for like an hour and a half. And she was like, at that point, sweaty. Her feet were hurting. (laughs) She wanted to go home. I was like, no, I have to find the perfect selfie. I have to find the perfect selfie. I have to find the perfect selfie. Finally, we found a place. I'm like, all right, this is decent. I could get this in a good angle. And then I proposed there. (laughs) I've got a very similar story. So so Maggie and I... um, We had known each other. I guess the difference was how our relationship started. We had been friends for like two years, and then we almost dated towards the end of college, and then we just ended up not doing it because she was a year older than me, and she was going to grad school in Chicago for architecture. Ooh, rocking the cradle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She's a real creep. Uh, (laughs) uh, So she left, and like we talked occasionally for like five years but we were friends first it was just very like casual just like hey i'm gonna be in austin are you gonna be in austin like let's grab a drink or whatever and that was kind of it and she started dating someone there that was real serious and they dated for five years they moved to san diego from chicago 
Um, and then I ran into her randomly, like after she had broken up with her boyfriend, I was visiting one of my college friends in San Diego and I was like, Hey Maggie, do you still live here? Mm -hmm. And, uh, we went and got fish tacos and then a year and a half married later we're married. Oh wow. It developed incredibly quickly to some extent. We are at already like very close friends at that point. So there was no trust issues. There was no like getting to know the person. So it was just like going from zero to 60 on a relationship. Uh, acceleration pattern and and it just worked everything clicked and at one point we decided to do this new york times like love questionnaire that like one of my friends said it was really like just a fun date activity was asking all of these questions and it takes like five hours like it's really long Mm -hmm. um and it's it's like just very like deep getting to know you questions and it ends with you staring into the other person's eyes for four minutes silently and the the questionnaire is basically like how to fall in love with someone and then oh. it ends with that. Hmm. And we did it around White Rock Lake in Dallas. And then we already were talking about the like idea of getting married. So she knew I was going to propose because I let her design a custom engagement ring. So we went to, mm. we did research. We went to a jeweler. We picked out a stone. We went and actually saw them forge the ring, which was really cool. Oh, it's a place in cool. Austin called Shaysby. If anybody's looking for custom jewelry, I highly recommend like they it. They had it and they were like dipping it in like the hot and the they were like hammering it. Yep. And there was like a guy there who like I've got it on he video. couldn't speak because of he. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was Shaysby jewelry. Can't recommend it enough. Amazing jewelry. Um, But it was one of the coolest experiences ever. And then she didn't know I had the ring. I got the ring way before she thought it was going to be done. And then uh, we went to go visit my parents and I was like, hey, my brother wants to meet us uh, walking around White Rock Lake with his wife. And she kind of looked at me and she was like, we talked about how I didn't have the ring on the drive up to Dallas. Like I Mm -hmm. made it explicit that I didn't have the ring and, and she bought it. But then she got suspicious again when I was like, let's go to White Rock Lake because that's, you know, a special place. She was like, what do I need to wear? And I was like, well, we're walking <laughs> around a lake and it's like 90 <laughs> degrees outside. So I would recommend wearing something comfortable. And then, you know, I walk her to there's a bench there called Don's Bench. Her grandfather's name was Don. It's this beautiful view. And I propose she's worried that I'm going to drop the ring into the lake the whole time and is like, you're clumsy. You have dick fingers. Don't drop the <laughs> ring while, while I'm doing this beautiful proposal. Um, and it's based around the questionnaire and it's all well thought out and stuff. And my brother and his wife are actually there and they're videotaping it from afar. Awesome. Like she didn't realize it. it. It all worked out perfectly. But to this day, I'll never hear anything other than the fact that I didn't tell her to dress nice and wear makeup. And, uh, yeah. yeah so, so on the way back to Austin, we had to like stop at a park with her best friend who's a photographer and take some like last yep. minute photos because she was very unhappy with the results of the photos. You got to tell them. You got to hint that like you got to look nice. Get your ha- get your nails done. No, then the, Full then surprise. Spoiled. Yeah. Full surprise. Yeah. I just I, I don't know. I'll just always have my nails done just in yeah. case. it happens. This is the problem with reality <laughs> television. Reality television has ruined the aspect of expectations versus the surprise because everybody has to look beautiful all the time. I got an idea. Mm. A proposal idea. Let me know what you think. So we're all about habit now. Every single morning begins the same. Our dog wakes us up. He wants to go on a walk, our little Scotty. Mm -hmm. And every single morning I have my pug and my wife has the Scotty. And, you know, every single morning the dogs poop. I pick up the pug poop. She picks up the Scotty poop. Would it have been romantic if I would have fed 
the ring to the Scotty. So when she's to picking up his shit, shit, she's like, what's this? Oh, my God, a ring. <laughs> right? What if it got infected or didn't pass and then the Just dog died? The, and then, the like, the, you go to the vet and the vet's like, I'm sorry, Vader didn't make it. And then just like, but here, we found this. That's so sad. <laughs> Don't do that. And then they, the vet hands you the ring that's covered in blood and you get down on your knee and you're like, Paula, will you marry me? In honor of... <laughs> And and then she just kind of is crying and looks over and says, "Wait, is is Vader alive?" And the the vet's taken aback by the whole thing. It's like, no, no, he died. Oh, this got dark real fast. Yeah, I don't want to go to dead dog. No one wants to hear about dead dog. So I've had like a, I think like a, a one hour conversation with Keisha's mom about how mad she was that uh, Keisha's sister's fiance did not ask them. Well, for their blessing yes. before. So, yeah. So I'm assuming that anyone who proposes to you, Keisha, will need to talk to your parents. First. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. It's a cultural thing, though. So he's he was he's from like from London, England over there. I guess they don't doesn't make sense to ask for permission of the other person's parents. Like it doesn't it's just not a thing. And so when he was thinking about proposing to my sister, his American friends had to be like, did you talk to her parents? And he's like, why do I need to talk to their parents? Like, I don't understand. And it was so last minute that like he just called them and was like, hey, uh, I'm going to propose to your daughter. And it was more of like an FYI, not necessarily a I'd like to ask for your permission. Like he thought it was it was stupid to ask for permission. And so my parents got kind of butthurt by that. And then he called me and asked. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> you don't have ask the sister. I was like, yeah, minute. it's cool. But the the thing that, that was tough was that like he wanted to do it. There was like a sense of urgency for when he wanted to do it. But my parents almost were like, we're only like two hours away. Like if you could have waited, we could have driven up. We could have filmed in the, in the bushes or wherever. But he was very, <laughs> very adamant about doing it. And so, like, my parents kind of held that for a little bit of, like, we wanted to be a part of it. We just wanted to see her say yes. And that was, like, a whole thing that my family had to work through. Yeah, I, I heard about it. <laughs> it's a little rough. I just realized the time. Uh, why don't we skip ahead a little bit to the top five and bottom five, and then we'll circle back ooh, if ooh, we have time. Ooh, top five, top five, top five. Okay, music, go. All right, you boys and girls. It's time for Five Things with Keisha with your host, Keisha. Five Things with my girl. So I feel like Billy's bottom five, and this was before you showed me your notes, I had a feeling that it was going to be stuff that you either hated about weddings <laughs> or shitty things that you've experienced at weddings. <laughs> <laughs> so my top five are the things that I actually love about weddings. So this is going to be an interesting breakdown. Um, no, she's holding up a pad like she actually <laughs> wrote something and prepared. I did, I wrote, no. She didn't even show up on time. She made fun of me for being overprepared by actually preparing. <laughs> Yeah, and then she showed up 45 minutes late, and she has a heart out. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So number five, good music and a decent dance floor. So I don't know if you guys have a preference between a live band or a DJ. I, I think, like, I've had the most fun with a live band, but the DJ's kind of cool because they play obscure songs that, like, people... What, like, Baby Got Back? Or, like, a Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> oh, God. 
I feel like for me it was it's more cultural. I felt like the because oh man, we even get so I I got married twice, right? And our first wedding was like more of like a civil ceremony at the Austin Botanical Gardens, and then we had a big wedding in Monterey, Mexico. Mm-hmm. The live band was performing a mix of like American songs as well as U.S. American songs as well as Mexican songs, but tended more towards like the Mexican, like common things you heard at a, a Mexican wedding. Um, and then when the live band like actually left and the DJ took over, that's when I feel like the Americans really hit their stride. <laughs> they were, things got really down and dirty on the dance floor. And then like one girl who came, she even missed the bus back <gasps> from like the bus left from our reception venue at about four in the morning. So she missed that. And we ended up giving her a ride back. It was my oh father-in-law, my, my mother-in-law, me, my new wife in her wedding dress, <laughs> and Ashley in the back seat. And we dropped her off at the hotel. Because Mexican weddings are all-night affairs. Basically, the last meal you eat at a Mexican wedding is breakfast. Ugh. And for ours, they all brought in, like, you know, custom, like, tacos and That's breakfast amazing. tacos in the morning. That's a good segue because my number four thing is food. Have okay? Have you guys ever been to weddings that have shitty food? Like, yeah. what's the point? They're, they're like all weddings have shitty food. No, You're descri- I, catered mm. food is basically a buffet. So if you like wedding food, you like <laughs> buffets. Okay, so I've gotten to the. I've gotten pretty close to. I've planned a wedding, right? Not. I mean, my own oh, wedding. God, I would have loved to see that. Were you late? Did you walk out in the middle of it? Wait, you planned your own wedding? Yeah, because I was in- What wedding? I got engaged. I was engaged. You were engaged? Yes. Okay, this- For how We long? need a part two. So this Brandon, episode Brandon, definitely Brandon, needs a part so two Brandon, now. So Brandon, the reason why- <laughs> The reason why I couldn't go to your wedding in Mexico was because that was the weekend that my ex decided to propose to me. What and he did that honestly. How is this he coming did up an that? hour and six minutes into the recording and you have to leave <laughs> in 15 minutes after showing up 40 minutes late? He did that- Honestly, to spite you because he hated you so much. Because why? He, I've never no, met him. I know him. he's a piece of shit. But why do all your boyfriends hate me? I don't know. But he actually like when your invitation came in for the I'll wedding. Tell you after we stop recording. Um, he was like, "When is that?" And I was like, "Oh, I think it was like November fifth or something, right? Like November fifth or something." And he was like, "Oh, well, we have stuff to do that weekend." And I'm like what are we doing and he's like we were taking a trip and i'm like what the fuck so i got real sad because i really I, we were gonna i was gonna make the trip to mexico to go to your oh, wedding it was a party it looked like a fucking great time so i was so was pissed but yes i remember that weekend because that was he decided to take me to maine to one of my favorite places and propose to me and it was like has he ruined maine for yes! you yes the whole state yes that sucked he sucks so yeah, I had gone pretty far to planning a wedding because I was engaged for like three months and then some shit would hit the fan and I called off the wedding. But, but besides that, I did go through the whole Ooh. process. This is <laughs> So you called off a wedding after sending out invitations? No, I did not send invitations. Um, okay. I did like book a venue and we had, we've, I had already gone to a tasting, which is one of my favorite parts about going like planning a wedding is just like all the tastings you get to do. And I think we were at the point of like looking for a cake and like a dress and all of that. And then some shit happened. And I was like, well, guess I'm going to have to like cancel all of those. You're things. yada, yada, yadaing. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing that I will. I we, we, That's definitely a part two thing. 
but yeah so that's the thing so i i spent a lot of time though when i was doing that making sure that the food was good like i spent more time planning the food than anything else because i don't think people remember flowers or really the venue sometimes but they care about the food and they care about open bar am i wrong that's true yeah no that's right i think they you know what makes a good wedding you don't have to drive Mm -hmm. three hours to get to there yeah, food, booze, and music, I feel like. I mean, and as long I would as the ceremony is not too long. I would put booze so far ahead of food. I don't think I've ever really? expected wedding food to be good. Wedding food is fucking buffet food. I don't know, man. You, yeah. I don't care, if it's, I don't I care if it's an actual like buffet fancy. or if it's a plated dinner. Like, you're basically getting carnival cruise ship food. That's true. All right, so that was number four. Number three is actually... um piggybacking off of food i love this whole trend of like midnight snacks or late night snacks at weddings where sometimes it's like a a food truck will show up and you get like in and out burgers late at night or i've gone to a place i went to a place where they had a a taco truck show up at like 11 30 to close out the night yeah that is that's awesome i went to a wedding where tiff's treats got handed out at the very end that's a a good call save the money on like (laughs) souvenirs and shit and like spend it on that. Like no one cares. If, no one wants to commemorate your wedding with a koozie. Just spend it on a truck. First, I'll say like this venue is is probably one of the nicer venues in Austin. And it's in downtown. It's called Brazos Hall. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. So I want to say that before I tell you the next part. At the wedding I went to in Brazos Hall, they had um, like late night Whataburger <gasps> biscuits. <gasps> and it was perfect. See? That's Billy, you're shaking your head. No, it worked. It was good. No, no, I, I'm I'm thinking about Keisha's list. I'm on board with most of Keisha's list. Okay. So all right. far. Okay. And then number two. The thing is though, I can tell you've never been to a Mexican wedding. Who, Billy me? or me? Me- these these things are just so I have. I've been to two. You have? Yeah. In Mexico? No, but like Mexican oh. families who are actual Mexican families in California and in South Texas, like Brownsville. Oh, yeah. I've been to like four or five Mexican weddings. All of them had like LED robots on stilts <laughs> that come out at one point during the music. See, I had one where there was mm-hmm. like the gringo songs and then like the real like Mexican songs. So like the party of the bride's party would like dance for certain songs and no one else would have any idea what was going on. And then like all yeah. the like white kids would jump up and be like, yeah, it was. It was and then they do the, uh, so the big strange. circle, the like running around like in a super dangerous, like full speed circle around the bride while the groom takes off her... Uh, garter. The garter. Garter, thank you. Okay, and my number two, which Billy, I think you'll agree with me in this, is open bar. Didn't you um, already mention drinks? How is no, number five and number two no, the same? This is, it was, this is it a phoned-in no, top five. it was grouped in, but, I, <laughs> but it is like its own thing because I've had two situations in weddings where one was an open bar and one was like kind of an open bar, but there was a limit. And it becomes this race of like how many drinks can you get before they hit the pay limit or the the budget for the drinks. Do you guys have you guys never been to weddings that had like a cap on the bar? That's yep. pretty normal. Yep. Is that Just get normal, ready for though? your own wedding? How much is o- if you're trying to budget? If you're trying to budget, yeah, it, you're yeah. trying to figure out how much. How much spend? is an open bar for like 150 people wedding? It depends how many drinks are made. That's the whole thing. You can't predict the cost. Oh, it's just like an open tab. Yes. How do you think this works? I don't know. What we were looking into is having like a big ceremony in the U.S. Mm. And we realized for what my wife wanted was impossible. It's just way too prohibitively expensive, especially when you're talking about booze. 
which is like a big reason why we moved the big ceremony to Mexico. Mexico. Oh my God. The worst, I'm just thinking about, sorry, Keish, this is your segment, but (laughs) your, your number five and number two are colliding for one of the worst (laughs) weddings I went to where there was like tons of booze. And to Brandon's point, I like I had to drive like 70 miles into the middle of nowhere, Texas to get there. Mm -mm. Tons of booze. And our table was like the young table and we were the last table to get food. So we have to go get in the buffet line after we've been like drinking and dancing and stuff. And they're out of food like they did not budget appropriately for the number of people that were invited. And it was like named cards. So they knew how many people were coming, but they just underestimated how much food they needed. And all that was left was dinner rolls and squash. <laughs> so our table got like like half-baked like dinner rolls sliced oh, in no. half with pieces of squash. So I just had like a dinner roll and like three. I probably had like 190 calories of food and like <laughs> 1,200 calories of booze at that oh, wedding. Oh, my God. And so I literally had to drive 40 miles completely hammered to get to the nearest Whataburger oh to like God. get in the drive through line, which by the way, the drive through line in the Whataburger on this farm road was filled with people who had gone to the fucking wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like everybody left the wedding and went to Whataburger because there wasn't enough food and they were all too drunk to actually drive into city limits oh, safely. That's... But, like, the scary thing is, like, it ain't that safe being outside the city limits, especially when you're, like... Mm-mm. Oh, we would have hit a deer for sure. No, you got them sheriffs, man. Yeah, see, that is a very white person thing to worry about is the deer. Yeah. Any person of color that would be worried about being pulled over by some racist cop. Especially fucking Williamson County, if anyone exactly. who's been near Austin. The deer like, is what you're worried about, Billy? <laughs> You guys have no idea what rural Texas is like. There's like two cops in a rural town and they're both asleep by nine in the morning. If we you're going to get pulled over, it's not going to be between five. Yeah, you, you're an idiot. No, Anyways. no, no, no. I mean, like Williamson County, County Sheriff's County Sheriff, man. Like, I, I don't know. You're talking Hayes County. If you're talking about like down south, southwest. So you think the you think the guy who gets voted into the position of sheriff is like patrolling around at two o'clock in the morning? No, he's at home with his wife and his kids. With no, his, but it's a culture, dude. You have you have no. Do you know who the sheriff of Williamson County is? Do you know how he got that job? Williamson County is fucking the city of Austin, Texas. It's not seventy miles outside of a city. It is the city, Brandon. I'm talking no, about it's a place north that has the city. three fucking cops. Austin is idiot. Travis County. Williamson County is Georgetown and, and Round Rock. You are the, a fucking idiot. No. Look it up. Guy, you can have an Austin address in Williamson County. Oh my God. You it can. Up. It's a small section of people in District 6 right, of I'm Austin off. that Goodbye. are in Williamson <laughs> County. The sheriff was, he really left. <laughs> I guess this will there will be a part two of this episode. <laughs> Wait, I didn't even get to go to my top, my first, my number one. What was your number one? My number one was short and sweet speeches. That's my well, favorite make, make thing. Make this make this short and sweet because we lost Billy. You pushed him away with your rage. I was tr- like, yeah, it there's started a, a with small the spa- amount of people that are in Williamson County that also live in the city of Austin. But Williamson it's- is mostly Georgetown, Pflugerville, and Round Rock. It started with your space talk, and now it's the county talk. No, catch this. So the sheriff, he was fired or forced out because he used to work for Austin PD. Mm-hmm. Then he won the lottery. Oh, shit. And Yeah. And then he used that money to finance a campaign to, to be, be sheriff. sheriff. 
And then he got uh, Live PD. Are you familiar with Live PD? Yeah, the one that got canceled recently, right? Yeah, part because of him <laughs> and his staff. It was such a mess. His staff was like showing off and beating up guys just because they were on Live PD. And oh, then God. the county eventually fired it. But the sheriff said, well, I'm the sheriff. I'm going to keep them around. So Live PD still there. And then the officers literally murder a guy for no fucking good reason. And Jesus. Live PD captures it. <gasps> and the DA's trying to get it. And then Live PD releases a statement that says they deleted the footage. That's why Live PD got canceled because AE lawyers were like, what the fuck? But that was like that was like considered actual evidence, right? That was the only evidence of them catching them doing them. Yeah. You cannot destroy evidence of a crime, especially when their rationale was, well, we destroy evidence because we don't want to allow police to use that evidence against the suspects that are apprehended. But the suspect is dead. Jesus. And Billy is still gone because of his technically technically his right. There are a sliver, a small amount of people in Austin that also live in Williamson. Is that what he got mad about? Yeah. Is he running? But like for the most part, people in Austin live in Travis County. Like 90, 95%. 95% of them live in Travis County. Oh, he's he's real mad. He's not coming back on. Yeah, he's very mad. I didn't. I've never seen him actually mad. So I guess that. Was oh him no, mad. Billy has rage. <laughs> he punched a wall once. Like uh, oh the, yes, you told me in about the bathroom this. of our TV station because he had a show and like one of his volunteers fucked up and didn't record the entire show, <gasps> so the whole episode was lost. And this isn't this is video and audio. A lot more work than what we do. Holy shit. what I do, not what you do. Oh, well, look who's back. So this guy lost all of the episode. So I take Billy away. I'm like, dude, I need to talk to you. So we go to have a private conversation in the bathroom. And I'm like, hey, so-and-so accidentally didn't record the entire show. And Billy's sitting there. He's like thinking about it. He breathes in really heavy. And then punches the bathroom wall <laughs> oh as hard God. as he can. I have no memory of this. You blacked out when you got ragey. <laughs> I thought we were going to sign off for, and that was going to be the end of part one, but you're back. When did, I, when did I punch the wall? It's happened so many times now. You've punched many walls? Are you Andy Bernard? Oh my gosh. I could probably, you know how people like pee in the snow to spell their name? I've probably punched enough God. holes and walls. Well, you missed my, my number name. one. It wasn't good. You'd be happy you missed it. I didn't even get to oh, talk about I had a, it. I needed a bathroom break anyways. Well, Keisha has to go. Why don't we just plan to do part two next time? Yeah. Okay. So let's do... Okay. So I can talk about my um my former engagement. It's a fucked up story. It's like a story that you're like, there's no fucking way this actually happened. And it actually happened. Ooh. Well, next time on whatever this show's called, find out more. And like, do let's do a new top five. <gasps> you didn't like my top five? It was lazy. You could do a better top five. Fine. I'll try another top five. I think call this these episodes like COVID wedding or something, because I think those those terms are trending right now uh, in terms no, of No, but search. no one wants to engage in COVID. That's the problem. What do you mean? People are trying to get away from COVID. They don't want a, more COVID in their life. But people, no, but people are looking for like options and conversations about like 
getting married during COVID or weddings during COVID. People are trying to figure out what their options are. But if they're searching for that. I've got a huge story on that and I didn't share it because it's all <gasps> in part two. Wow. But then you don't have to prep for the next What was recording? the number one? What was the, was the number one like beautiful vows? If it's beautiful vows, I'm going to punch you through the screen. No, it was short and sweet um, speeches because I fucking hate people that talk for too much. Ironically. Oh my God. See it in the area. Yeah. <laughs> I gave zero speeches. Wait. And there was like a time I should have gave, I, like at our like a, award dinner or I don't know, our dinner. It's like what a rehearsal, you, rehearsal dinner. Yeah, it was at uh, my wife's house and everyone's by the pool. There was a mariachi band. And I'm like, you know, this is the point where I think, especially all of the, uh, the Americans who, you know, got on the bus and bust it from Austin down to Monterey. But I'm like, fuck it, you know, and I'm just going to let people enjoy it. It's just, it's just, who cares? That's the only time the groom is supposed to speak though, right? Is that the rehearsal dinner? That's like the only time. Speech is rule. I was at a wedding where a guy said that he swam naked to the groom and went tip to tip in a pool. <laughs> tip to Tip in to his, tip, like in his best man. He basically docked. Yeah, like that was his best man speech. <laughs> best man speeches. Why are did fucking they go great. tip to tip? Doesn't matter. <laughs> that wasn't part of the speech. It wasn't the why. It was just that it happened. That's all that matters. But I matters. have so many questions. Yeah, it, it, but I guess part two. <laughs> we'll have another week. Stay, stay tuned for docking best man talk. You got to find out, Billy, for next week's episode. All right. And my okay, bottom, so five. Saying, bottom five. Yeah. Do I, do five. Do you guys want me to do a new top five? You guys didn't like my top five? It was terrible. Your top five was... I'll do a counter bottom five. Just spend more than two minutes on it next time. Fine. I'll think of another top five. I hate you so much. I was so busy today, and I spent five minutes on it. Thank you very much. Be, do the <laughs> top five of being engaged to someone that Ooh. you don't love. Were you engaged to someone on. else? No, Keisha was. Oh, I was like, who? Who else? Oh, okay. Oh, she loved him. Eh. We're like, oh, come on. You <laughs> love the guy because he was, you know, Boston-ish. And what else? It was, it was Tom Ben Brady? Affleck. It was, <laughs> it was fat. It was fat Ben Affleck. No, it was the lesser. It was Casey Affleck. Oh, gross. Oh, he's, no, he's the worst. Say goodbye to the people, guys. <sighs> Bye. Bye. Oh, please. Fuck, I should have said this at the top. Please rate and review the podcast. It'll greatly help us. Thanks. And we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. And we're clear.